driven. Creative. everyone and welcome back to season two of the Be Velocity podcast and this is episode one. I'm Deborah and I'm Sophia your guest host and in this episode we will be speaking to our guest Sean Williams. Sean is a BTCC editor for Downforce Radio and on the odd occasion is a bit of a motorsport blogger and um, we'll mostly be talking about the opportunities and experiences she's she's recently had in motorsport and yes we will be talking lots about the BTCC. Let's welcome Sean. Hello, it's nice to be here. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Is everything okay? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Been did a Turkington preview for Downforce this afternoon, actually. So Ooh, that sounds exciting. We'll uh, talk about more of that later, shall we? Now, on some very, very, very extremely exciting news, we got back to Snetton for round two. And you was there. I was. How was it? Do you know what? It was amazing. So I always camp at Snetton. I've done it since um, 2016. Obviously, no could do it last year so we got there bang on well we got there before 12 o'clock when the campsite opened on friday met with my friends we got everything you know everything set up and it was about five o'clock and we all forgot british touring car do a shakedown on friday evening yeah so as, as soon as we heard this this noise of cars we were like hang on that is a british touring car and you just see everyone in the campsite run onto the back straight and just to see it and hear it with your own eyes i i, I must admit i wanted to cry i was so happy to be back it was just it was just amazing the whole weekend there's something about the noise of the cars it's like a is that noise especially when you're in the garage as well and they're getting ready it just hypes you up and you're like oh it's a car it's a car oh my god it's so exciting um well that's just me um Sophia do you get the same like vibe and buzz oh yeah I think personally for me it's the smell of the tyres the petrol the garage walking in the pit lane because usually in the TV compound where we work it's near the pit lane anyway so yeah it's just the smell of the tyres and everything it just comes at you once and it's like that adrenaline rush that you get when you know you're back so for me personally that's what makes the whole you know experience in the race just smelling all those fumes <laughs> i must admit it it's great that we're allowed we're allowed back how how did you feel sean as in because obviously we've got all these restrictions obviously you can't go in the paddock did, did that put a downer on being back or was you like do you know what i'm okay with it um in the grand scheme of things <sighs> 
up until a few days before, I wasn't sure what they were going to do in terms of the paddock. I didn't know whether they were going to say, you know, you can go in, but you've got to do mask only type thing or whether it was going to be closed off. But it was more just just being there, getting back to see it. And on the Friday, we had a had a thought to go and stand along the back straight in case some drivers were doing a track walk or something. So we saw a, we saw a couple of drivers there. So yeah, it was a shame not to see and speak to drivers because by looks on their social media, they were just as excited to have fans back as we were to be there. But at the end of the day, it's what's safe. And a little birdie did tell me if they didn't close the paddock off, everyone in the paddock would become part of that 4,000, something along those lines. So it just made a lot more sense. Just close it off for now. And then, but yeah, it was just, just being back. That was the main thing. Well, whatever it cost, I was going to do it. Yeah, I think you speak on behalf of quite a few other fans as well. Now, if people follow your socials, mainly on Twitter, because this is how I find out more on Twitter, you've been doing bits for Downforce Radio. And I must admit, some of your articles are really interesting. Fab job you're doing with those. Can you tell us how this opportunity came about and how you've been involved with Downforce Radio? Yeah, so back end of last year, start of this year, I can't remember exactly the time. Um, one of my friends who who works in the motorsport industry, she knows, you know, I, I sort of want to get into it. They want, yeah, so I originally applied for their junior for, junior formula editor, so like Formula 2, Formula 3, and they wanted examples of my work. And all the sort of work I have is British Touring Cars. And when they saw that, they actually turned around and said, look, we've neglected British Touring Cars on our website. You know, we really want your work. We'd be keen to have you as the British Touring Car editor. Um, so obviously at that point, that was an offer I couldn't refuse. So I've been working with them and there's a few of us doing a um, touring car. We've got a little touring car um, message, I can't think of the word, um, little group. Yeah. You know, um, so we're sort of like managed by someone. I think he's called the touring car guru or something. That's his like nickname. Yeah. And then there's me me and this other guy and we, we sort of share role. We sort of share it around. So when it comes to like previews and stuff, we sort of focus on three teams. So we each have teams and drive drivers within that team that we that we do the writing for. And he, he's unfortunately doing the race reviews and qualifying reviews when I go and attend. So uh-huh. at some point I know I'm going to have to do it, which I'm more than happy to, but I'm just trying to get trackside a lot as well. Yeah. But it will be much more helpful for Downforce as well when the paddock is open to fans or if I can get media accreditation for a round because then I can obviously try and talk to drivers and do things for Downforce there. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. They're all so welcoming. They're so friendly. You know, no one says anything. Oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. It's all really well managed. Everyone's really nice and supportive and I, I really enjoy it. So. Would you say it's a good stepping stone for someone that just wants to get get themselves a bit noticed a bit more? Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, this is a unpaid role, which I'm, I'm more than happy to do. Um, you know, they they do downforce cover a wide range of things from Formula One, Formula E, Indy, British Touring Cup, you name it. They, they probably cover it. So, and a lot of them do really, really amazing work at, that does get noticed. And I know they've got a few things in the pipeline they want to do. Um, so you know to have my name attached to them and for people to you know I'm sure if people saw oh she, you know she's done some writing for them well they're really good people we know this who runs it and stuff so yeah it's just a real stepping stepping stone just write about what you enjoy and get the experience no matter what it is whether you do it for six months or six years you know it's just getting your work out there getting your name out there and just getting the getting the experience 
because I think it's critical to have people that won't put you down but they'll say oh well maybe this is a better word or maybe this is a better way to phrase it just to really help you and not hinder you Hmm. I think it's a great opportunity that they're giving to people yes it's voluntary but it's it's getting your name out it's getting people recognizing you and this is how we found you you know we use twitter a lot and this is how we found you and this is why you're on the show because we feel that you bring something to a lot of people that want to be in a position like you and i think it's crucial that people like yourself can share your experiences and again we can tell people about these opportunities that are there for them take and i just think this is this is brilliant and obviously be velocity is all about bringing people together working together and you know collaborating and just getting the names out there and literally reinforcing that phrase girls support girls because that's what it's about and I'm going to hand you over to Sophia now thanks Deborah um so I'm just really keen to know what your ultimate goal is to achieve with your current blogging and obviously being an editor and having your own YouTube channel what's the end game what's the end goal for yourself you know what this is something I don't know I've really thought about in the last sort of 24 hours I was watching TV and um, we we're actually watching dinner date where they, where people go on dates you know and one of them said they really want someone who's got a drive got an ambition and I was sitting there and I was thinking I don't know anymore if you asked me when I was 15 till about 1920 I would have said Formula One journalist all the way and you know there was nothing that was going to change my mind about that but as I've got older and experienced life and what the early 20s have in store you know a lot's changed and I've changed and as much as I love Formula One, I, that's not where I want to work anymore. Um, I I would like to work in British Touring Cars um, in the Toka package doing something, um, whether that's working for a team or working for British Touring Cars or ITV Motorsport or something. Um, but I'm not putting too much pressure on it anymore. I'm just doing what I enjoy doing. So I've just started vlogging and I'm doing the, obviously, downforce and I'm just enjoying it. Um, I'll, you know, I'll take opportunities as they come and just go from there because I think well what I've what I've learned from just general like nine to five jobs and stuff is you can end up hating something that you originally enjoyed because you're putting so much pressure on yourself to get it right which I think has made made me take a step back and say is this really what I want to do um you know I may not be working as hard to get into this industry and get paid for it as other people but that's fine I'm going to be me I'm gonna when I'm enjoying it I'm doing my best work and my ultimate goal really is to show people how amazing British Touring Cars is and if anything comes out of it that'll just be a bonus for me you know I could sit here and go yeah I want to work for this team doing their socials or I want to be you know a famous like YouTuber but I I don't know and that uh, to me that's okay that I don't know yeah what that's that's a perfect answer because there's quite a few people that are like oh yeah I want to work in F1 I want to work in F1 but breaks on a bit like what you done step back and have a rethink yeah I can't tell you how many times I've literally had a career direction that has just gone a completely different direction really so 
so I've had one idea in mind what I'm going to do and in my mind I've always stuck with it and then I found myself doing something completely different and even now with ITV Mozart I'm finding myself wanting to go a different direction so you're always constantly going to evolve and change on what you want to do where your perspective lies so I think the fact they've acknowledged that you're not sure yet that I think that's personally that's amazing because obviously you know you're not sure what you want to do but you are open to other you know future ideas and possibilities out there especially within BTCC um, I know how much you love BTCC which is why I'm going to ask what do you love the most about BTCC I love so much about it. I could just sit here and this. I love the action. Um, obviously, you can say there's going into a weekend. If you say, oh, who's going to win a race this weekend? You, you could say the same sort of people, you know, Sutton, Turkington, Ingram. However, that's not always the case. You never know who's going to get it right. Who's going to, you know, who who's going to be a surprise. Some cars suit tracks better than others. Like, for example, Snetton. That is a very BMW track. So no surprise, Turkington, Pole and one and whereas it obviously didn't suit the laser talks cars as much but it's just you never know that there's 29 cars in this series and race three they definitely mix it up by reversing some so it gives people who are sort of midfield a chance you know if, if you can get a good start if you can just get your head down do some show us what you got good overtakes good defending you know you've got a chance to do something different and especially when the weather kicks in as well you know mm. like <laughs> Colin Turkington I think he will admit he's not the best in the rain whereas Saturn who he normally fights with the most is just on another level from everyone else but then you've also got this thing like Silverstone it's been 2019 it started raining I think it was just as the race was about to start and Jack Goff and Aidan Moffat they both went in the pits on lap one changed their tyres to wets and they flew through the field within laps and got ahead and really just sprung a surprise on everyone but I think another key point of the British touring cars is well I'm just quickly going to add in the affordability Mm -hmm. you know a weekend is about 45 pounds I think it's gone up slightly since Covid but people understand but in the grand scheme of things two whole days of racing and it's not just British touring cars you get you get loads of others but just you know you can walk in the paddock and you can meet all these drivers and they are more than happy to stand there and take a picture talk to you the team members as well Um, I've done hospitality with several teams I've done it with Team Hard um, BTC and Laser Tools Racing and they remember you they do and they're also friendly and they're also happy to help you do all these things that you know i i talk to people in hospitality for all of them i, I mean i'll even message agent moffitt's mum donna because you know she's lovely and yeah people remember what you do and it's just so accessible accessible that's the way. you know it's whether you're a kid or slightly older everyone makes time for you and just the atmosphere and the racing together it's almost indescribable there's nothing like it to me that's great to hear and um, what hooked you into motorsport in the first place? Because I don't think I've ever asked you this. Um, obviously, known I've known you for, I, I don't know how many years it's been, but I've never asked you what first hooked you into motorsport. So what was it? Was it the fam? Was it your, you know, your parents were they into it? Or was it just, you know, a hobby? Or Well, this is where it's going to get a little bit deep. <laughs> Oh, I like um, it. I like it. Um, my brother and dad used—they still watch Formula One, but um, you know, when I got to my teens, teens, I started watching it a little bit more. 
um, my brother and dad watched it watched it already and then I got to about 15 um, I wasn't in a great place mentally uh, you know I'll put my hands up and admit that I'm not going to shy away from it and coping mechanism and I thought well I, I need something that's quite frequent that I can always sort of learn about and get excited for really because you know you need something to get you through something to look forward to and that is when I thought hang on they watch this what what is this all about and I remember I was researching all the drivers and the teams and and it 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 just really started from there and I've never looked back and I used to describe it as I didn't know a part of me was missing until I got into Formula One and then other motorsport categories you know that's really what mm. keeps me going it I, I don't know it, it's just that excitement I just love it and yeah now I'm a bigger motorsport fan than my brother and my dad <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit more crazier than they are what other championships do you follow at the moment? Um, do you follow any other race series at the moment as well? Oh, I love a bit of Formula E. Um, love it. Formula One, Formula Two also. However, I, I'm struggling with Formula Formula Two a little bit because the grid is not as strong as it was a few years back. Um, I know that's a bit harsh to yeah. say, but you know, when you had the likes of, you know, um Russell and Norris and Leclerc, all those people who are super talented and don't come along that often, you have them all in one go. It takes a couple of <laughs> couple of years to recover from that but yeah I love Formula E um been to London the E-Pre um and a lot of the toker package I do watch I love that the minis are on there now because they are just absolutely crazy they'll go like four five wide down down a straight um I do like DTM don't really watch it but I read about it I think it's something I'll definitely get into more um my boyfriend started playing NASCAR on the PlayStation so I've started watching like NASCAR clips on YouTube <laughs> I love watching watching like when they have tantrums and stuff because they're just outrageous you know they'll get out of the car they'll go and punch someone they'll have a fight in the pit lane oh my um, God. <laughs> One driver likes to throw his helmet at the car. You, you know, it's so out, just outrageous and things you would never, ever get away with anywhere else. I mean, when George Russell hit Bottas on the head, social media went crazy for days. But any person that watches NASCAR would be like, what's, what's the fuss, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm open to a lot, but I don't want to like too many. Otherwise, it takes up too much time. <laughs> yeah. That's my problem, because um, there's some weekends I've got a laptop, my phone, TV, and I'm, like, juggling, because I don't just like four wheels, I like two wheels as well. Yeah, I, I've never... I've never got into two wheels. I've never really tried, if I'm honest, or given it a, given it a chance. I do keep meaning meaning to them. I, I might see if I, can, if I can get to an event or watch something. Uh, I do... Yeah, like I said, I do mean to. It just... <laughs> Just I'm going to shout this out for everyone that's listening that's a bit 50-50 with bikes. We've spoken to three extremely talented girls that are bike racers and I will very much encourage everyone to go listen to these episodes and then go to the round. And I will tell you now, you will change your mind because I just class these girls as not just super talented, they're, they're superhuman beings for what they do. Um, but I won't give out too much. Go, go listen to them and go follow them. Um, you'll know who they are if you follow our pages. I won't say their names because I've given them quite a few shout outs, but I really urge people 
that 50-50 about bikes to go find these girls, come back to me and say, I agree. And I'm going to leave it on that. (laughs) I think I'm going to hand it over to you now, Deborah. Now, I generally do bits of research when I'm interviewing our guests. Sometimes I get little tip-offs as well from co-hosts. But I want to ask you, am I right in thinking you've got two tattoos? I do. And what, and what are they? Um, it's Silverstone Racetrack and the Circuit to Catalonia Racetrack. Ooh. And I want to ask about Silverstone because Silverstone's my home circuit and I have a lot of memories there, which I've mentioned in previous podcasts. Why Silverstone? Well, again, this go- this goes back to sort of mental health related. And, you know, when you're like 16, 17, 18, you want a tattoo just because it's the, not the cool thing to do, but, you know, you're at that age where you can do it. So you want to do it. And I wanted a motorsport one. I went through multiple ideas over a couple of years and I settled on Silverstone because I've seen British touring cars there and I've seen Formula One there. So it holds, you know, two or more great, great memories there. And it's sort of just encapsulating those memories because I've got it on my arm, got them both on my arm. And I thought, you know, if I'm ever having a down day, if I'm ever feeling a bit sad or feeling a bit lost, I can look at this tattoo and remember how happy I was and the feeling and yeah just sort of just to do with that just a reminder you know this is who you are and all that and when I got it um just left school from A-levels and like a week later I had to go and get my A-level results and everyone knew I was motorsport mad and I don't need I don't care what people think about my tattoo overly you know if they've got you know something negative to say it's not on their body it's on mine and I'm fine with it but someone said to me that is such a you tattoo and to me just solidified yeah it is it is me and it is now part of me so I like it and um what other opportunities have you managed to get involved with in motorsport? So not just with like Downforce Radio, what other things have you been up to? Oh, well, I, I do VIP with teams when I can. And, you know, it is a bit costly, but it is an amazing experience. And what you get for it, I mean, I think can't remember the price off the top of my head but one of the teams was around 150 160 pounds but you get food for the day you get grid walk you get to go in the garage and one of the engineers actually spoke to me for about 15 20 minutes pointing things out in one of the cars you know explaining things to me and get to go on the grid as well which is a pretty cool experience I I like to think and yeah so when I did BTC and I did do a blog post on this but I'm very sure 
as Sophia can vouch for. I'm about four. <laughs> yeah, I'm about four foot eleven, and we were stood in the garage, and you sort of have these three screens in the middle between the two cars, and you have everyone standing and looking at them. And one of the one of the tire guys, he gave me a tire to stand on, and it was a wet tire. And he said, "If it rains, I need it back." And it started raining about one or two laps from the end. And I was like, you're not having it back. I'm staying on it. It's getting interesting now as well. And it's the weird, it's the weird things that you remember. Like when Moffitt got his podium at Silverstone, I was in the garage, I was doing hospitality. And the garage was right next door to Team Hards as well. So when he was chasing down um, Jack, and then when Aiden spun, all of us in the laser tours garage went, <gasps> and everyone in Team Tar garage like cheered <laughs> because he was catching Jack and that he wasn't going to do that anymore. And I remember, and I don't run again, which Sophia can vouch for. And you know, you probably both know how long the Silverstone pit lane is. Mm-hmm. We we <laughs> ran all the way from one end of the pit lane down to the other to park Ferme to like celebrate with them and there's actually some pictures that are on social media and I'm in the background of it um but it's but yeah like watching that race I was stood next to um this lovely woman called Hannah who used to be Aiden's grid girl and we we ran down there together you know in the rain and it's just the people that you you get to meet through the experiences that really do make it what it is and the first driver I met was oh it might have been 2016 2017 I went to Donington for its touring car media day and I interviewed um Jack Goff so it was my first ever interview I was very nervous and I kept laughing but he he was lovely um, but the other driver I interviewed that day was Jake Hill and I set it up I set it up through his dad Simon and they are the two loveliest people I've ever met you know <laughs> I can 100% vouch for that they both know me Jake even races my MD in classic cars and I can't tell you how proud I am of obviously the his um, first race at Fraxton. So proud, still proud. Um, I've got so much time for those two, both lovely people. So what you've just said, I can 100% agree. They are the loveliest people I've ever met. And you know what? I, I remember, I'm not sure if it was... Is it Brands? I'm not sure if it was one of Jake's first podiums, but literally ran round to the hospitality and waited there and like gave them both hugs. And that's the sad part about going to tracks and not going to, not going into the paddock. That like I can't see them and say hello and like give them like a kiss on the cheek and a cuddle because they are the nicest people and it really frustrates me how underrated Jake is 
because he's such a lovely lad. You know, his dad is as well. Love them both to death. But he's such a good racer. And he hasn't always had the best of luck. And start of last season, if it wasn't for those mechanical issues, he would have been in that title fight. And there's just been so many times when he's, I want to say he's like, a, a little bit like George Russell. He's overperformed in cars that shouldn't necessarily be that high up. No, no disrespect to his previous teams, but but he seems really settled with MB. Like this is his team. This is what they want to do, and I definitely think they can do it. And they can go a long way. And it's just Jake just doesn't get the recognition and the attention that he deserves. So when I can get in the paddock and I can, and I'm vlogging, I'll be definitely doing as many videos with them as possible. I mean, I originally planned to start my YouTube last year and I saw Jake at Autosport and I've ran it past him and he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just message me and my dad and we'll sort stuff, you know. They're just loveliest people and a lot of people in the British Touring Car Paddock are lovely and it just makes it so much better. Hands down, you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, I've made so many friends with team members, drivers, and obviously when you do go to Autosport, again you'll get they remember you and they say hello and it, it's just the nicest thing ever and you know you get that bit of banter between them as well and it's just it's just brilliant um I haven't touched on this yet but I'm going to let's talk about Jade Edward Jessica Hawkins let's talk about those two and their debuts yeah I was I think what PMR did last year you know, I think they were told they sort of had to run a car. And I think, yes, you did have to get, bring the money to do that. But but she did it and they both did. Mm. And they both proved they did solid jobs, you know. They weren't midfield, front of the pack by any means, but they were in the thick of it at the back and they weren't, you know, five, ten seconds behind or anything like that. And I was, I was so excited that Jade has got a full season seat because she deserves it. She works so hard. And, yeah, I first met her when she was doing Cleo's. There was a whole group of us, and we all went and got hats and stuff, and we all took a photo with her. And, you know, she's just so humble and so grateful to be where she is. And I'm excited that she is in a decent team as well. And... Obviously, she's been in the Toga Paddock for so many years now that she is good friends with the likes of you know, Josh Cook, Ash Sutton. So the fact she's in a team with Cook as well should make her feel a little bit more at home quicker and give her that confidence. And she's got that guidance, you know, because she might not know how to set up the car, how, you know, she feels too much oversteer, how to sort of do that. But with Cook being in a similar car, and Cook is very good at setting up a car and knowing what he wants to do with it. 
that she's in very good hands. And there's a few, there's a couple of rookies and there's people who have returned after a season or two away. And in the grand scheme of that, she's doing pretty well. And obviously her and Jess flying the flag for women. You know, first time since 2008, I believe, we've had a female driver in the British Touring Cars and it's far too many years. But, you know, just having someone there like that, you know, you can do it. You haven't really got the sort of, I know people argue in Formula One, the physical aspect of it, you know, all that sort of stuff. There really isn't that with British touring cars. You don't have to be, I mean, you do have to be fit, but you don't have to be like ultra fit, like Formula One drivers and stuff. So you haven't got that limitation, but to have, to have her on the grid and she's very good at socials she's a, you know a fan favorite really and she she's in a good place and I think there'll be a lot of point finishes and potentially yeah I think she'll potentially get a podium this season I'd like to see it I think she's capable and we'll just see how she goes but I'm, I'm sure she'll be fine <laughs> right before we go if you know all about season one you know, as a bit of fun, we've been asking each of our guests for a favourite song choice that either represents them, represents them in motorsport, or a song they listen to behind the wheel, or, you know, represents some form of passion for them. And then obviously we're going to be building another very impressive playlist on Spotify for our listeners to listen to whilst behind the wheel whilst they're sat at their desk at work or they're having a moment need a bit of inspiration and then they've got this playlist to listen to so sean what song are you going to pick and why let's go by calvin harris oh nice it it was (laughs) it was a um so every time british touring car does a warm-up lap for before a race yeah they they play a song Mm -hmm. and what year it was but this was the outlap and it just sums it up you know let's get going all that sort of stuff gets the excitement building um there's a bunch of british touring car mad people called the jeff army and they had a special dance that they used to do at the track and whenever i would go with certain friends and we do like a road trip we would always start the journey with let's go and it just symbolises British touring cars to me. And when we're at Snetterton, they did play it a little bit of it for race one. And I was like, yes, yes, this is the mm. song for me that just symbolises British touring cars. And just as it says, let's go. You know what? This is going to be a cracking playlist. And you've just like raised that bar already with just that first song choice. So I can't wait for our next guest to come on and... I'm going to put some pressure on him and say, right, you've got to pick a, got to pick a banger. <laughs> right, so that's pretty much us done speaking tonight with Sean. Um, Sean, thank you for your time with us. And I'm really excited to see where things go with season two. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Sophia, it's great to have you back as a guest co-host again. As I've said before, if anyone would love to come on the show as a guest or even as a co-host or 
I'm going to throw it out there, take my position and do a little takeover. You know, the opportunities are there. Well, how sweet was our chat with Sean? Um, for all our listeners, please do go show some love on her socials and give her work a read. And obviously subscribe to her YouTube channel because I'm pretty sure it's kicking off right now. Um, so yeah, show some love for our podcast by leaving us a review, liking and subscribing. And thanks for listening to the Be Philosophy podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Sean, we'll catch you another time and hopefully we'll see you at the racetrack very, very soon. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Brilliant. We love fun here. If you'd like to get involved in building our global community, then then please do get in touch on all of our social media channels. And on this exciting, fun episode, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me too. Engineered. Driven.